Will the Utah Utes defense shut down Lincoln Riley, Caleb Williams, and the USC offense? We're talking about it on today's Locked On Utes. You are Locked On Utes, your daily podcast on the Utah Utes. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone, and thank you for making Lockdown Utes your first listen every single day. We're available on all platforms, including YouTube and wherever you may get your podcast. Today's episode of Lockdown Utes is brought to you by Prize Picks. You can go to prizepicks.com slash NFL and use the code LOCKEDONNFL for a first deposit match up to $100. My name is JT Wister, so former intern inside the University of Utah Athletic Department. If this is your first time listening to our show, make sure you guys like and subscribe. We'd love to interact with you guys in the YouTube comments or on social media as well. You can follow our show at Locked On Utes. My personal handle is at JT Wistersill. On today's show, we're going to be talking about Coach Witt's latest comments. Witt's translator will be making its return once again this week. And at the end, we'll talk about the, once again, just really disappointing outcome of the targeting call that was not overturned. Coach Witt revealed to us and uh, what that means for Utah uh, against USC. Uh, talk about Cole Bishop missing the first half. But first, just want to talk about how I think this Utah defense is going to do against this high-powered USC offense and say, can Utah shut down USC? The answer to that is yes, they can. They are capable of it. They are more capable of it, in my opinion, than Notre Dame was. And yes, Notre Dame playing at home, all that gives them a boost. But this is a Utah defense, which, as Porter Larson of ESPN 700 put up, posted on his uh, Twitter feed, they rank they average tw- giving up 12.17 points. That's fifth best in the F- FBS. Their 68 rushing yards allowed is first in the FBS. Their 277.8 yards allowed is ninth in the FBS. Their 22 sacks is good for fifth in the SB- FBS. I mean, two defensive touchdowns, 76% on third down. Red zone stops, 7% are seventh in FBS. Once again, it's all courtesy of uh, Porter Larson. You guys can find those. He posted those on his social media feed of ESPN 700, Porter Larson. But yeah, just this Utah defense is one of the premier defenses in college football, and they've played legitimate teams. They haven't played a uh, a Michigan-level schedule. When you look, they've gone down to Waco. They took on Florida. They've taken on UCLA. They took on Oregon State, and they lost the Oregon State game, but only allowing 21 points in, in a top-20 team's house is, is still a win for this Utah defense, and we saw them dismantle the Cal Bears this past week. So this Utah defense is absolutely capable of giving the USC offense fit in fits. In fact, we saw them do it just last season. Remember, Utah gave up 28 points in the first half against USC in that thrilling game in October inside Rice Eccles Stadium. But in the second half, Utah only allowed seven points in the third quarter and in the fourth quarter. So really rounded in the form there, started to figure out what they want to do pressure-wise, coverage-wise, all of that. And it carried over into the Pac-12 championship game where Utah held USC to just 24 points in that one. And really, USC wasn't able to get anything going outside of the first quarter where they started hot. Caleb Williams got hurt. That definitely played a factor. But the second and third quarters, their offense really didn't do anything against Utah. So Morgan Scally, if there's any defensive coordinator you want to try and contain Caleb Williams, Morgan Scally would be the pick for that. His defensive track record and the success he's had against the reigning Heisman Trophy winner against arguably the best offensive mind in college football speaks for itself. And you would definitely want him to be the guy out there. I, When I watched the Notre Dame game back, the thing I really noticed that I can talk about what US, Utah did last year, I can talk about 
uh, Morgan Scally and some of those things. But when you just turn on the tape and watch what happened to them against Notre Dame, and I've watched a lot of USC this season. I, I'm genuinely – I'm like what Coach Witt had a, a quote on uh, what he thinks of uh, of Caleb Williams. He actually – he called him the arguably the – one of the most talented quarterbacks they've ever faced during my time at Utah. That's what coach Witt said about Caleb Williams. I, I agree with that statement. I, I, you guys know who watched the show. I'm a big fan of, I'm a big fan of Caleb Williams. I think he's tremendously talented, but just like any quarterback, when he is under duress from multiple angles, he's prone to throw the ball away and not just, I shouldn't just say throw the ball, give the ball away is the correct term because uh, he turned it over a lot last week. He actually could have even turned it over more. There was one pass in particular that bounced straight off a linebacker's hand. So yeah, Caleb played his worst game. He's played as a starting quarterback, and I don't put the blame for Caleb's poor performance as much on Caleb as I actually do on the USC offensive line because the amount of times Caleb was pressured was alarming. USC, in general, USC's offense, their biggest issue right now is not play calling. It's not players getting open. It's their inability to run the ball. I mean, multiple instances of third and short in that game, and you're getting blown off the ball by the Irish. I'm not talking about like, oh, he lunged. Is it close? He got it. I'm talking about tackles for loss one or two yards on third and one like gotta have it here you need your offensive line to get a push there was a usc's right tackle in particular did not play very well i'm curious to see how uh how he's going to perform against a utah pass rush that as we said ranks top five in sacks with way van fillinger connor o'toole and obviously jonah ellis who has nine sacks already this season uh really heating up that's something i think utah can exploit there was just a number of things where you just have like mistakes by the USC offensive line that really cost them. And we mentioned Caleb throwing under duress uh, just did not work out well. He made a number of poor decisions to throw it. His first interception linebacker in his face just needed to loft the ball up and overthrew it completely. The, his tight end who was open in the middle of the field, safety picks it off. Then if you look to his uh, some of his other interceptions, just totally trying to force passes, like the one inside his own ter- inside his own like 15, I think it was. He tries to force it into double, what looks ends up being kind of double coverage with the linebacker in the corner there too. It was first and 10. You easily could have thrown it down to your uh, other receiver in the flat, and he would have gotten some yak because there was no one immediately on top of him. So you didn't need to force him to make a play there. Then the very next drive, drifting to the left down the sideline, just totally forgets about one of the corners and just throws it up there. It's uncharacteristic Caleb Williams mistakes. And I don't expect him to play that poorly again in terms of throwing the ball away. But I can't see this USC offense struggling because Utah can get pressure on Caleb Williams. They did last year. Morgan Scali does a great job drawing up blitzes. Utah is very athletic linebackers. Where you're talking about Lander Barton, Leavani Damuni, Karene Reed. The, Nate Ritchie might come. He got a sack last week because he's going to be stepping in for Cole Bishop. The only Vaki is a speedy too. There's corner blitzes, safety blitzes. Utah is going to be bringing all kinds of heat, and it's not going to be easy for the USC offensive line to pick it up because number one, they struggle at it, and number two, any team I think which is struggles to contain this Utah defensive line because of the players they have that can win one on one and just the multiple sides angles. There's just so much stuff they throw at you; it makes it very challenging. USC's receivers are are very good, and Utah is going to have to do a good job tackling in space. And they also have to do a good job. This is where if Utah doesn't get home and Caleb Williams can buy the time that he has in the past, that's where I worry about Utah's defensive backs holding up because just like last year, it's just hard to cover for more than five seconds. And that's where you can get defensive holdings and all those things. This is the best group of receivers, the most potent offense Utah has played yet. And they're in for a 
physical battle. Utah will be able to stop the run. USC, whether it's their running backs, they're just okay, or the offensive line is not great at run blocking. So Utah should be able to control the line of scrimmage in a lot of ways, and then it'll just be can you get pressure and bring Caleb Williams down or force him to make those mistakes because he is one of the most elusive quarterbacks in college football. He had a run against Notre Dame where he was dead to rights, and he's probably the only quarterback in college football who could have gotten out of it and made a play um, as he did in that instance. But Utah has to tackle in space, have to stick in coverage, and you got to stay disciplined to some of the reverses and stuffs that if Utah – you know, the backside defensive end for Utah drifts a little too far downfield instead of kind of staying like staying upfield and waiting to see if that reverse comes. That's where Utah could really get themselves in trouble. So it's going to be a fun matchup. This is best on best. USC, one of the best offenses in college football. Utah, one of the best defenses in college football. Utah is capable of shutting down Lincoln Riley and the USC offense. Will they be able to do it? I think they're going to have success. I think it's going to be a back and forth kind of game, and I'm excited to see how it's going to play out. And we're going to continue to talk about this matchup this week on Locked On Utes. But as of right now, I do think there's a really good chance we're walking away from this game saying, wow, the Utah defense got the best best of the USC offense. And that could absolutely turn into a clip where uh, where that gets clipped and posted somewhere and looks really bad after the game because it is Caleb Williams, it is Lincoln Riley, a very talented group they got. But could also end up being correct because of the talent on this Utah defense, and they have had USC's number recently. So that on tomorrow's show, we'll be breaking down how I think the Utah offense will do against the USC defense, and once again, we'll continue this conversation of like Caleb Williams and the offense versus defense all week long on Locked On Utes. But first, coming up after after we tell you guys about one of our great sponsors, I do want to talk about what Kyle Whittingham not just said about Bryson Barnes, but also just play a little wit translator as I like to do, talk, kind of interpret what I think Kyle Whittingham is trying to say in his latest batch of media quotes. That will be, we will be divulging or excuse me, just diving into that in one moment. But first I want to talk to you guys about our friends at LinkedIn jobs. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. You guys can head over and add your job to the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring. They have simple tools like screening questions that make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. It's one of the many reasons that small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on college. That's all caps, no spaces, locked on college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions do apply. Also want to remind you guys that each Friday you can check out College Football Kickoff Live. And each Friday it will go live on every Locked On College YouTube channel, of course, including Locked On Utes. They go live at 11 a.m. Eastern on every channel, as I mentioned. And they dive into the biggest playoff implications. Is that starting to ramp up the biggest matchup storylines in the sport that we all love so much? And it has insight and analysis from the stable of Locked On College hosts covering their teams every day. You guys can find Locked On College Football Kickoff Live every Friday at 11 a.m. Eastern time on any Locked On College YouTube channel. You won't want to miss it. All righty, coming back in this one, let's play a little bit of Wits Translator. This is where I talk about some of the recent quotes by Kyle Winningham of the media and give my best interpretation of what I think he means by them. Let's start out with first what he talked about with Bryson Barnes. He said Bryson was a little inaccurate going into the Cal game, and he played well against Cal, and he's right. That's the reason Bryson lost the job against Baylor, right? Like 
That is, he was really inaccurate, just struggled with pressure. It was a big issue. And he was asked by Josh Furlong, I believe it was, uh, what wit was, what he needs to see more out of Bryson. And he talked about that he just needs to be more comp. Bryson needs to be more confident in his ability to get chunk yardage down the field. And that's where I'm, it's surprising, right? To hear Kyle Whittingham talk about uh, his backup quarterback being more aggressive, a guy he also literally in the same sentence said Bryson does a good job managing the game. So you're also calling him a game manager while saying that you know want you want him to take more shots. And I do agree with Witt though in this regard. They should take more shots because they're gonna be there at times, whether it's near McLean, whether it was Money Parks. I think Devon Bailey is a guy who can make those big grabs too. I Hope Emory Simmons still seems like a guy who's going to make a big play for this Utah team at some point this season. And we know Thomas Yasmin uh, with his athleticism at the tight end spot is capable of making special plays as well. So I, I do want to see Bryson air it out a little bit more. I hope Utah gives him good protection in time, kind of like they did the first play of the season when they uh, dropped the bomb in the money parks. But I, yeah, just really hope that we see this, uh, this Utah team begin to, aired out a little bit more and Bryson has shown the ability to make those big throws every game. He's pretty much started outside of the Baylor one. He's had one of those massive throws and massive plays. So just continue to let him operate. And I think there's a chance he could make two or three of those big throws against the USC defense that while playing well recently has still had their struggles. And I do think Utah, if they play this correctly, just like last season, when they USC into their matchup with Utah led the nation in sacks, Utah held them without a sack. Utah, I think, will be able to hold up against the offensive front of USC, and we will be talking about that more on tomorrow's show. But I like that Coach Witt was saying that Bryce needs to be a little bit more aggressive. One thing that was interesting was Coach Witt got a little bit uh, defensive of his defensive backs because he was said he was asked about how he feels they're going to hold up against now that the schedule is starting to ramp up a little bit. And Witt defended them, saying that they do lead the Pac-12 in pass efficiency defense. And I understand what he's doing, hyping up his guys, protecting him. And the Utah defensive backs have been very good. If you're nitpicking this defense, that is where you start, though. They have allowed a couple of big pass plays at moments throughout the season. Um, but I also thought that it was a little bit funny for him to dismiss the question as much as he tried to do while still saying like they've been good because, look, at times this season, while it is a nitpick, your defensive backs have gotten beat. And for, yes, you are the number one team in the Pac-12 in pass efficiency defense. Utah has not played any of the tough quarterbacks in the Pac-12. The Pac-12 arguably has four of the top five quarterbacks in college football, and I'm not talking about draft rankings. I'm just talking about straight up, and Utah is about to start playing them. Caleb Williams is the best. Michael Penix might be the second best. Bo Nix is arguably the third best, and Shador Sanders could even arguably be the fourth best. All those guys belong in the top 10 guaranteed, and I can make a case for them all to be in the top five. All of them are coming up on Utah's schedule, and that's not even mentioning a guy like Fifita for Arizona who's really started to heat up. This will be the toughest test for the Utah defense is all coming up. I have no doubts that the front seven is going to hang in with the best of the best, but there has been times throughout the season where the corners have gotten beat. Do I think the corners will do well against USC and hang in there? Yeah, I think they'll make some plays, but they're also going to get gashed at time because that's what the best offenses do is they do. You get them once they get you once it's kind of the back and forth and, and how it goes. So I did think it was interesting that he defended his defensive back. So, tenaciously because they will need to play some of their best games of the season if Utah wants to continue to win with their offense being hampered by the absence of Cam Rising. And speaking of Cam Rising, Coach Witt alluded on their absence or elaborated, excuse me, on uh, their absence a little bit, talking about Cam and Brant Keithy and said they're just still waiting on the clearance. And he was asked about redshirting both of them. And he said that would be a possibility. And with the medical redshirt rules, he does feel like they would be able to easily get that. So then the question becomes, would Cam and Brant want to return to Utah football? 
I, I think before NIL, there's no way, but now that you can just get compensated that way. Also, if they don't play this year, I'm not sure what the draft stock will be. NFL teams will be very curious about their medical. And, uh, you know, after you suffer serious injuries like those guys have, that can change your athleticism. That's just the truth and what NFL teams are going to be worried about. So I, I could see both Brant and Cam coming back for another year as uh, as crazy as it would be. I think it is a possibility. How likely? Not sure, but definitely not ruling it out. Also, going back to other things that he mentioned, uh, he was asked about the absence of Nate Johnson, said that they did like the Wildcat package with Sione Vaki a little bit more. Hard not to see why after the way Sione Vaki looked, but uh, it is interesting we didn't see any Nate just because the problems he can present as such an athletic running quarterback who can also make some throws for you too. He's not the most accurate quarterback as we know and we've seen throughout the season, but he is a quarterback and has completed passes for Utah in, in key moments still throughout the season, especially against Baylor, of course. So I was surprised. I'd like to see a little bit of Nate against USC just to get a different look, but I, I totally understand if they just want to roll with Vaki because, look, obviously with him in there, the Utah offense did some incredible things uh, against Cal, so that will be uh, that will be fun to see as well. And they did uh, Witt did say that, look, Sione, the absence of Cole Bishop in the first half is not going to impact the amount of snaps we see Sione Vaki because you're talking about having guys like Teo Johnson and there's other safeties in the depth room. But I truly believe whenever Sione like needs a break on offense, it'll be Teo Johnson at free safety, Nate Ritchie at strong safety. And that's where the corner depth for Utah comes into play because you have Miles Battle, JT Broughton, and Zamaya Vaughn, all of who, whom, in my opinion, are good starting cornerbacks at the Pac-12 level. Also, if, this is, if there's any USC fans who, who are still listening, and since I said Utah has a chance to shut down uh, the USC offense, that's probably not very likely. I, I'm sure some will say this past defense is worse. They're missing Clark Phillips. And in some ways that's true, but I would also say this to, in two things. Number one, the pass rush is better for Utah, which has made the pass defense in, also better because you don't have to cover and hold up as long. And Zamaya Vaughn, JT Broughton, to me, they're playing better than they did last year. And yes, Miles Battle, like just slotting it that way, like Miles Battle's not Clark Phillips, but Miles Battle's still a very good corner number three for this Utah team. Teo Johnson's also giving them good snaps. Uh, Cole Bishop's playing his best football ever. I do think Sione Vaki is an upgrade over RJ Hubert, so the secondary is better overall. And I can find multiple clips last season, as good as Clark Phillips was, and he was so good. He did get Jordan Addison got the best of his sometimes, just like it was Clark would get the best of him. So I, I do think this Utah defense will be fine without Clark Phillips in this matchup because obviously he's moved on and the other corners in place have played exceptionally well so far this season. Uh, two final notes I thought were very interesting that Coach Witt discussed. Uh, first one, he just talked about Coley earned the center job for Utah and played well. He did play really well, I thought, as well on film. And he talked about he might be the strongest on the team. I don't know about you guys. That one definitely caught me off guard. I would have just assumed that was a junior Tafuna, uh, Samote Peppa maybe, even a guy like a Satawa Laumea. But uh, credit for Coley for just obviously a guy who he was not been handed the starting job. He had to work for and earn it, and he's been working for and uh, and earned it in the weight room as well. So huge shout-out to him. And uh, speaking of the offensive line, Spencer Fauner did get not uh, did get a little banged up. Coach Witt mentioned, and uh, he did say that uh, Tongi was the one who came, or excuse me, he did say Tongi came in and played pretty well against Cal. We know that he's the one who goes in when he gets hurt. And I agree. I thought he played well over. I thought it was a Tongi's best game of the season because I've been critical of him and Spencer at times throughout the year. I, I thought he's looked better post by, which was, was what we thought might happen because of Jim Hart, the Jim Harding factor. 
Last thing he did mention was uh, just how well Connor O'Toole played, and you could see it was evident. He's not the best pass rusher on this team. I think Witt would even probably take that back with how good Joan Ellis has been, but he's a very good number two, and he probably is the second best, slightly edging out Van Fillinger, even though Van was remarkable with the two-sack game he just had, uh, had recently too. But this Utah defense is deep, tying the first segment to the second one now. And uh, always interesting to hear from Coach Witt. You can tell he's confident in his defense, even though they do have that tough task coming up because what did Coach Witt say about Caleb Williams again? One of the most talented quarterbacks we've ever faced during my time at Utah. And I think he's absolutely right. When you look at Caleb's ability to extend plays and deliver accurate throws outside the pocket, it's unlike anything I've ever seen in college football. I, I honestly believe that, just the level he does that. He's the college version of Patrick Mahomes. So Utah's got their work cut out for them taking on that offense, but they're going to be able to do it defensively. Unfortunately, in the first half, though, they'll be without the services of Cole Bishop, who his targeting penalty was not overturned. And we're going to be discussing the ramifications of that for Utah in one moment. But first, I want to talk to you guys about another one of our sponsors today in Prize Picks. Prize picks is the most fun I've had winning up to 25 times my money this football season. You just select two or more players pick more or less on their projected stats, and place your entry. Prize picks is really simple to play. I can make my picks and submit my entries in less than 60 seconds. With prize picks, reboot policy, your entries stay in place even if one of your players gets injured. For NFL games and college football top 25 matchups, if you have a player who exits the game in the first half and does not return in the second, that player is rebooted. Prize picks is the only daily fantasy sports platform with injury insurance. Also, with prize picks, you guys can go to prize picks right now and you can go to prizepicks.com slash locked on college. That's all caps, lowercase locked on college is the code. Once again, the code locked on college for a first deposit match up to $100. Whether you guys think Saquon Barkley's in for a bounce back performance, Kirk Cousins going to make some plays on Monday Night Football against the 49ers, at least it's what I hope happens. Uh, lots of daily great fantasy picks for you guys at Prize Picks. So once again, make sure you guys head over and go to prizepicks.com slash college and use the code Locked On College for a first deposit match up to $100. All right, close this one out. Cole Bishop's targeting was not overturned. Really disappointing. I thought there was still, and I agree with Witt, because Witt's quote literally was him talking about how he was not happy. He didn't see how any of it happened from the targeting call initially to it not being overturned on the field to it not being appealed even here. He called it a baffling decision. And I agree with him. I, I really think after watching a couple of the angles, I think you can clearly see that it's not targeting. I think when you look at the helmet placement by Cole Bishop and the fact that it's not going, you, he does use the body, uses the shoulder more so going into the Cal defender, or Cal offensive player, of course, excuse me, I'm I'm very disappointed that it wasn't overturned, but can't say I'm surprised because we have seen the NCAA stick to their guns when it comes to this kind of stuff. So going to be tough for Utah to be without arguably their best defensive player, but what's nice is they're only going to be without him for a half. So Cole Bishop will come back in the second. I think Nate Ritchie's capable of holding it down during his absence. This might be one of, if not the worst time to be without Cole Bishop on the season because of how potent the USC offense can be. Um, maybe you could say the Washington, maybe missing him for the first half against Washington would be worse with how good the Huskies look right now. But yeah, tough break for Utah. Nate Ritchie is starting around into form, had the sack last week, has been making a couple other plays at times on the season. So I think Nate Ritchie's ready, and I think he's just going to blend right into the defense. I think he'll, I think he's going to get a sack in the first half. I think they'll bring a clever safety blitz, or maybe he'll act like he's a corner and come from the corner blitz more position. I am. 
I'm excited to see Nate Ritchie get this opportunity. And I think he's going to look like the Nate Ritchie that played a lot of good football for Utah before the COVID season. So, um, or excuse me, during the COVID season and back into 2019 too, or might've just been 2020 now off season. JT would have known that, but in season JT, uh, forgot about Nate Ritchie a little bit until he's kind of started to heat up a little bit and get going again. So I, I just like the depth that Utah has at safety. I feel like they'll be okay without Cole Bishop It's going to be very challenging not to have him, but that's where it's good to have depth. You're able to overcome the absence of some of your top players because you have not just this elite players backing him up, but really good college football players supporting and surrounding him in the secondary. So another challenge that Morgan Scallon's Utah defense has to take on in addition to just the daunting task across the field that is the USC Trojans. I think Utah is capable of winning this game. We're going to be continuing to talk about that all week long on Locked On Utes. Tomorrow's episode will feature me talking about how I think Bryson Barnes and the Utah offense are going to fare against the USC defense after breaking down the Trojans tape against Notre Dame and looking at some of the other games throughout the season. That'll be on tomorrow's Locked On Utes. We'll see you then.